Hello and welcome to the Little Minds Big Ideas podcast, the weekly show with the Early Years Network. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll probably realise that the person next to me looks a bit different this week because Lucy has joined me instead of Ben. Hello, everybody. She's taken the hot seat because we kind of had a discussion about different things that might be quite useful for conversations and things to bring up with people who are in the industry and sort of practically working with the children all the time. And something that came up was group times. So we just wanted to dive into sort of the ins and outs of group times, why we do them, what works, what doesn't work, and sort of open that conversation up as to are they as productive as everyone thinks they should be. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm going to hand the baton over. What do you want to start with with group time? I think one of the most important things when you're doing group times and planning group times is thinking about the reason why. What are you trying to achieve with this group time? Because I've, I've seen a lot of the time people will do a group time just as kind of like a time filler sort of thing. Yeah. And there's no kind of real purpose to it and they don't really get anything out of it. So it's kind of like, well, they're missing out on a learning opportunity there because if you're doing a group time for a reason, they're always going to learn something from it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like you said, those time fillers, it's like that moment before lunch. So everyone sit yeah. down so we can group. And that's fine because you practically probably do have to all come together. It's like you say, is there a purpose behind yeah, why we sat down? Is there something you can do while you're grouping them together that makes that more of a learning experience rather than just, okay, sit down, we're going to wash hands sort of thing? Yeah. Because I think sometimes if you just get them to sit down and go straight into washing hands, it's, it's a rush. Oh, yeah. It's a big transition for them and it's kind of rushed into it. So if you have something in the back of your head that you know, they really enjoy doing this or they could learn something really useful from this then you can put it into practice do you think your view on group times has changed over the last couple of years massively yeah I think when I first started in the nursery industry in the early years industry group time was kind of like a okay we need to do a group time whereas now yeah it's kind of like well my children aren't engaging why am I doing a group time yeah. If they're, yeah. they're not if they're not interested in it at that moment, then change it, do something else, and then maybe you can group back together later, kind of check in with them and see how they are then. But I feel like sometimes that you try and do a group time and it actually really doesn't work. No, they're not. So then you just have to go, okay, well, they're not interested. Let's just carry on. So it's not something that's set in stone that you have to do. It's something that we have a look at if they're not interested. Yeah, it's, that's it's, really interesting point, isn't it? Like, can group times be flexible? Because there's a lot of places and like our nurseries are guilty for it as well. There's a morning group time. Yeah. And it is to welcome everybody in. And I think as you get through the nursery and you get through the older ages, that's really important because you start your day and you say hello to everybody. Yeah. But should group times be like more flexible in that actually, if everyone's not ready for that yet, can we do that at different... I know it's hard to say good morning at a different <laughs> point, but can they be more flexible in that actually... If the children are ready, the focus behind it, the reason why isn't purposeful, it's not there or working, can we shift it? Yeah. So with with regards to the good morning thing, we say good morning to them, but we also say good afternoon, good evening, that sort of thing. So we do it throughout the day. So if they don't want to do it in the morning, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Because they'll still get that interaction later in the day when we try it again. So it's the adaptation so, of it yeah. rather than... It's just adapting to your child's needs. I don't know what cohort you've got at that time as well. Because if yeah. you've got children that just aren't interested, there's there's not much point in doing it. 
for the sake of singing a song. <laughs> no, and if they're not interested in it, then... Yeah, do we do we force a group time for our own agenda because it's on the planet and we have to do it? Or is it, like you said, for those children's needs? If you've got yeah. a cohort who have just come through to a twos or preschool room who have got no interest in sitting still, are we making that experience negative because yeah. we want them to do it? Also, if you've got children that don't sit still and don't like to sit still let them have a fidget toy or something that yeah. settles them and it relaxes them because they're more likely to engage with you then if they're kind of bouncing off the walls here there and everywhere they're not going to want to come and sit down it's not that's how they're regulating themselves so if you can support them by giving them a toy or something that they can play with while you're doing the group time they're yeah. more likely to actually come and join you then yeah that's something that is a bugbear isn't it it's like oh you can't have that at group time yeah. you can't hold that at group like, why? Why is that child holding a car going to affect everybody else's opportunity yeah. for learning? Like, they're not actually taking away, like you said, they'll probably actually engage more because they're, they're not trying to think about other things. They're focused yeah. on what you're doing because their hands are busy with the toy or whatever it is. And I'm guilty for it. I always used to be like, no, you can't have that, you can't have this, you sit here and listen. And then actually when you look at the children, they need that time to, if they want to play with something, that's because they're struggling to concentrate. If they're struggling yeah. to concentrate, give them that support that helps them to do that rather than just saying, okay, no, you've got to sit here and no. listen. That opens more negatives, doesn't yeah. it? When then they start to cry and they get upset and exactly, then you yeah. tell them off because of, but actually we've taken away what was comforting them and yeah. helping them to engage yeah. anyway. Um, I sorry, I took your I took your train of thought. <laughs> we, well, Good at doing that. That's <laughs> fine. Um, I think one of the biggest reasons of doing group time is building that community and building that social experience for them. Yeah, and it's a way to kind of get them more confident with each other, more confident with yourselves as practitioners. You know, if it's a new child into the nursery, and they start to kind of come together a bit more, because you do have children that will just like to go and play on their own, and they like to do yeah. things independently. But actually having those group time experiences throughout the day allows them to come back together and actually have that chance at the social interaction rather than feeling, not not so they're feeling forced into it, but they're encouraged to spend some time with their peers yeah, rather than just going off independently. And actually if you make it a nice inviting environment, they are more likely to come and join in. Yeah, it's like we, we me and Ben talked about it in one of the podcasts about being social learners. Yeah. We are, so, like, as human beings, we are social learners. We bounce off each other, we communicate. So planning in time for children to actually have that social opportunity is really important. Like you say, to build those social skills, communication skills, even turn-taking, because like group time doesn't have to just be sit down and sing. No, exactly. It, it could be so many different things. And I think also that turn-taking aspect of it teaches them respect as well, because they're respecting their yeah. ears when they're talking. They're listening to each other. And they actually have a bit more respect for the other children around them as well. Yeah. One way to do that in like when you get a bit older is having like the teddies yeah. to pass around. So when you yeah, hold as a teddy, you can you can talk, but not then discouraging children from asking questions. Yeah, definitely. And say if you were doing like a what did everyone do at the weekend, I don't know, conversation and someone said something that sparks another thought, I think it is important to I so it's really hard, isn't it? Because you do you pass the bear to them to ask the question or do you just open the floor and let them communicate so it's making that balance between return taking and we're respecting other people's turns yeah. but 
can we spark interest and invite others yeah. into the conversation? And that's a good way of kind of sharing their experience with experiences with each other. Yeah. So if you know if it's like the first after a weekend, and one of the children is talking about what they did at the weekend, others are likely to join in and they can you know go back go back and forth and share their experiences with each other as well. Yeah. I think one thing with group times is sometimes when we think about planned group times, but it's those unplanned group times that are yeah. really quite sometimes more learning opportunities come from them because if one person starts reading a story with one child nine times out of ten you've got six or seven kids that all come and join in so that becomes like a social group time without it really being a planned experience for them yeah and it's all about keeping it kind of child-led you know if they if you start singing and they don't want to sing don't keep singing (laughs) no don't don't be that one person Yeah, they're bored. They're going to go off and do other things, and it's just not going to have any impact on them at all. No, other than feel like they're not being listened to because you're not listening to their needs. I guess. Yeah. In that respect, you know, if they're wanting to do something else that they can do, then let's celebrate that and do it with them. Yeah, and enjoy it. How do you best find that bringing children interest into group time? Like, how do you best do that? I think a lot. Our children at the moment are obsessed with the bear hunt, the gruffalo. And it's just doing things around that. Um, and we also like trying to do like group games on them and things like that and kind of trying to remember what characters are where in the story yeah, and no. different things like that that just make it a little bit different than just reading a story. Yeah. Or we'll act the story out together. So we'll get up and no, make it physical rather than just sat. Yeah. But it's also that, it's like, I don't know what the word is, like there's this assumption that a group time must be sat down. Yeah, it doesn't have to. And it doesn't need to be no, that. No. no, they can get up, they can be doing things, they can they can be doing anything what they want really. Yeah, as long as it's together and it's part yeah. of that plan. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of, you don't have to just sit and read a story when you do group time. It's It can be, like you it said, so, so many things. And you know, if you've got, you might have children in your setting that celebrate different events at home and it's about, can you bring part of that into your group times? Can yeah. you look at different things relating to that event? Can you then celebrate it with the other children as well? And the other children are educate are being educated on it. And the child that's followed this event at home is being celebrated at nursery as well. So they feel a bit more sense of belonging. Yeah, no, that's a lovely way to do it, isn't it? And bringing everybody's opinions and celebrations yeah. into the setting and actually planning to create them in a, in a group social yeah, setting for them. I think as well with group times, it helps with emotional intelligence. So we quite often check in kind of in the morning, how they're feeling. And again, in the afternoon as a group, this is not to say don't check in through the day. Like Keep checking in with <laughs> them. Going. Um, but as a group, we tend to come together in the morning and the afternoon and just see how they're feeling, especially in the afternoon. Have they had a good day? Yeah. You know, is there anything that has upset them through the day? That sort of thing. Obviously, that is much easier with the older children. Um, but it's still something you can do with the younger children to build their understanding of it as well. Yeah. Yeah, emotions is a huge part of every single day for young children, isn't it? They go through all of them and back again, Yeah, probably before 11 (laughs) o'clock. So having those moments of touching base and reflecting on those emotions is really important. And doing that in a social way, like you've said, can help to build that understanding of other people's emotions. And then we have to find that if one of the children is feeling sad, the other children will try to find something to help them feel better, feel happier. Love and they'll actually work together to make sure that they're all they're all okay and yeah. make sure they're all having a good time. So I think it's really lovely to kind of check in with them in that respect and also keep checking in through the day. I think 
when I first started in the set that I'm at now, we used to just do like a good morning song in the morning, checking how they're feeling. That was kind of it. Yeah. Whereas we then thought, well, actually, they're here for the whole day. A lot of them are here kind of every day, all day. Sometimes longer than so, staff. Are exactly. So it's really important that we actually check in throughout the day and make sure that they are, how, how are they feeling at that time? You know, is there anything we can change to make them feel happier and safer at nursery? I think group time is a really good way to share that because if they can see their friends sharing it as well, they're more likely to feel more, more confident to share it with us. Yeah, those safe spaces and those yeah. space times throughout the day that um, just build the confidence, like you say, for children to express themselves and share yeah. in new and different ways. Yeah, definitely. I think also when you've got a group of children that are sharing things with each other, it boosts their confidence, it boosts their self-esteem. Yeah. They feel like much more a part of something than if they were just running around playing all day. Yeah, yeah, you get that grounding, that bringing it back and just let's refocus of what... It's even for us as adults, it's nice to check in at points throughout the day and doing it with the children is a nice, easy way to incorporate everybody's sort of emotions. Yeah, definitely, because we we always do it when we're... um, Our Good Morning song features kind of ask them how they're feeling within the song um, and then we listen to them each individually and we ask each other how we're feeling as well Yeah, with the kids so that they can see that it's not just them. No. Sometimes we have bad days too. That, that's yeah. like, it's okay to say that because the children understand that it is okay. Yeah. And then you can then talk about it throughout the day and do things together. So like regulating yourself alongside the children so that they understand how to do it as well. Yeah. It teaches them. One of my things. favourite things is those poppets. Yeah, I could sit there for hours doing that. <laughs> like with the, the, there's a big one and I was with a child the other day and we were just, it was so, we were both silent. Yeah. Just... Popping. Pop, yeah. pop. It's not very good for podcasts, is it? But just like <laughs> popping these things. Yeah. And then it would like finished and he looked at me and I didn't really say anything. And he went, turn it over. Oh. And we turned it over and we just did it again. And we just sat there for probably like 10 minutes. I quite like having a balloon, blown up a balloon, Leonard. Oh, yeah. And I have a child that um, is in my setting that absolutely adores balloons. And if he gets sad or angry or frustrated, I will just sit there and I will blow up this balloon and I'll let it go and then I'll blow it up again and then I'll let it go. And he just comes right back down. And I think you can do that as part of a group time. Yeah. And these toys that we're bringing into the settings to help these children calm down, so like the poppets, the fidget cubes, some children might not know what what to do with them, how they can actually help them to calm and bring themselves back down. So actually group times can be a good way to put that into action and show them they can have a go and different things yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. What else on group time um, do you want to... One of my biggest things with group time is the length of group time. Oh, I, I've seen it. Stories see later. Honestly, <laughs> I see so many times where the group time is like dragged out for like 10, 20 minutes. Like it's too long. These children cannot concentrate for that long. And it's not fair for us to expect them to either. Not a chance. No. And then we get annoyed at them or, you know, so we get annoyed at them and I constantly tell them to come and sit back down and come and concentrate, but they can't. They can't do it. They are done. They're, they're done. And I think it's at that point where you go, okay, right, group time's over. We're done. And it's about accepting that actually some children will only concentrate for like 30 seconds to a minute. It can literally be as short as that. Some children yeah. just can't cope with trying to focus on something longer than that no and it's about accepting that and 
doing that with all the children and then seeing if you can push it a little bit further here and there, but not expecting too much of them. No, it's exactly. be realistic. Yeah, I think like you said, it's when you can tell when children are, are done. Yeah. With those group times that they just, they switch off, they're not engaged anymore. There's someone at the back like rolling around. You just, they're done from it. So why would you put them in a situation that's going to mean that they have to yeah. stay there for for what feels like forever? Yeah. <laughs> And if you're doing a group time that is, you've decided to do a group time that's a calming one and you're reading stories or something like that and they're just not engaging, then change it. It yeah. doesn't matter. No. You know, there's no there's no right or wrong way to do a group time. It, it doesn't matter. If you have to change it for your children, then change it. Yeah. And if you have to do a really short and sweet one and then pick up with them later, that's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's where those time fillers come into it, isn't it? Because... Yeah are we using this group time as a time filler because we've got 15 minutes until they're allowed to do the next? Yeah. So, but actually, have you planned something that is going to hold your children's attention exactly. for 15 minutes? Could your group time actually be, um, you've got a group of children who are really creative, could your group time be everybody's going to do something creative together? Yeah. Whether that be drawing, painting, etc. But yeah. could your group time be more focused around something as an activity rather than a, a sit down and listen yeah and I think it's important if you know you've got a certain amount of time until say if they need if they're going to be sitting down for tea and you've got a certain amount of time before they can actually get to that table it's about thinking about what is going to keep them engaged for that long yeah if you think you've got children that can't focus on a story for too long don't expect them to sit down and read a story for that amount of time it's also thinking if that's the case if they're going to be sat down eating exactly so if you're going to be sitting yeah. them down for 15 minutes then they've got to sit down for 15 20 minutes to yeah. eat that is a, an a awfully long, long time for them to actually just sit and focus on something so surely at that point your group times need to be a bit smaller and shorter because then they can focus at meal times which can also be used yeah as group times because meal times are full of learning opportunities Definitely. and also taking into account your the cohort of children you've got yeah and thinking thinking a bit more outside the box what are these children going to enjoy what are their interests at the moment there's no point doing a group time on something they're not interested in. No. It's just they're just not going to focus on it. Waste of time for everybody, yeah, is absolutely. <laughs> and they're not going to get anything out of it. No. And they're just going to get bored and run off. And you know, that's then it. you feel defeated. Not ideal. No. Yeah, you just kind of get a bit like, oh, I'm. What have I done this for? And you think, no, actually, can we reflect on that and look at it and think, well, what could I have done differently during these group times? Yeah. I think reflective practice is really important when it comes to group times because. No group time is the same as the next. No. And it's good to look back on what you've done and think, did this work for these children? How did they engage with it? Is there something different we can do next time that will help them? Um, and just constantly looking at your own practice to see if you can change it in any way to help your kids. Yeah. It's like um, reflecting on just because it worked for one group or one cohort, it might not actually yeah. work for the other and not beating yourself up about that. Yeah. If that's the group time that you've done for years and years and all of a sudden a couple yeah. of children aren't engaging with you the way you expected yeah. them to that's that's okay like but you need to change that not them yeah definitely. it's not for them to change their opinions on yeah. you or what you're doing you need to adapt your practice to fit this group of, yeah. of children I was thinking about this the other day actually because the cohort of children that I worked with when I first joined the set I'm in are like the complete opposite end of the spectrum to the cohort I've got now yeah and like they are so different and 
I don't think anything really that I used to do with them would work with the kids that I've got now. No, probably not. <laughs> I think it's important to actually remember that. Remember that you do have to constantly change your practice depending on the kids that are there. So I'm I'm awful for it because I don't really like change. Change scares me. <laughs> but I know that if I've got a new group of children coming up from, say, if I've got children moving up from the baby room, I know that my practice is going to have to change because... Yeah. Those children aren't the same as the ones that have just moved to preschool. Your expectations have to have exactly. to develop, don't they? Yeah, definitely. And it's about getting down with your children, knowing your children well enough to be able to do that. Yeah. I think another thing as well is group sizes. Yeah. And do you know what? This is something that Ofsted, the big uh, hate, given, <laughs> given the limelight to, but they will pick up on it. Yeah, definitely. I think so many times people have such a big group for group time. And then they wonder why they're all just getting up and messing around with each other and yeah. doing X, Y, Z that they shouldn't be doing. And you just think, just split. Split them into groups because you'll have much calmer children. Yeah. They're going to be much more engaged. And it actually allows for that more kind of intimate experience, inter- yeah. interaction with them. Because if you've, got a gr- if you've got a group of 12 children that you're trying to do a group time with, you can't physically no. talk to them all. No. Engage with them all. If you've got children that will also only sit down for like a minute or two. Yeah, exactly. And it's like um, you're always going to have that child at the at the back who's a bit quieter, a bit more reserved yeah. and timid. And how are they, how are you going to incorporate them into such a big group time? Like yeah. say, if you've got 12 two-year-olds, yeah. it's going to be hard to, and then yeah. they've missed a learning opportunity and you because you've not been able to involve them yeah. fully. It's not a case of, oh, they don't talk at group time, but they might. Yeah, if, if you, you change what you're doing and change how you're yeah. giving the group time out and how it's laid out, they might start interacting more. You see it in preschools a lot because you've got, I don't know, 20 preschoolers all sat down. There's always those more confident, well-spoken children that will answer the questions or read out the book or, do you know what I mean, and say those things and jump in yeah. first. But actually, there's a child who this is actually their favourite book, where they're at the back and they're a bit more reserved and you would never know. You think, oh, they don't really engage in this story. They don't like it. But actually at home, they might love it. it's their favourite story. And just by splitting up, it it does create those opportunities. Sorry. Yeah. And I think when you're splitting into those groups, making sure you've got a good mix of children. Yeah. So if you've got a lot of children that are really like outgoing and love to be involved and you have got these children that really struggle, maybe have make it so that you've got children that can help the ones that struggle but not that aren't going to overpower them. Yeah. So it's making sure that if you have got loads of really, really loud children, maybe put them together and let them have a really vocal group time. Yeah. But also give the quieter ones a chance to speak to each other as well. Because I think if you've got too many loud children with the quieter ones that aren't confident, they're never going to speak. No, they're not. They're not going to want to speak up against those children that are quite overpowering. I think it's important to make sure that those children have equal opportunity, yeah, to to share that experience. And sometimes, when all of the confident children who have got lots to say are together, it teaches them that they have to share the the conversation with other people. Yeah, because there's four children all fighting to speak, and they have to wait their turn. And they have yeah. to learn those skills. Yeah, and then hopefully, when you mix them in with the quieter children who are less confident, by that point they've learned that actually other people are allowed yeah. to share their opinions as well. It's not just theirs. I had a group of children actually yesterday and we were playing in the Dignan area and had a group of four 
and I had one really, really, really like outspoken, buzzing with life child, and then one really, really quiet child. And the quiet child came and sat next to me and was just sat there, didn't really want to do anything. I was like, okay, that's fine. And the other child came up to him and brought him a spade and went, come and play, come and play. And it took him a moment, but he kind of looked around. It's almost like he was looking at who was where and who was doing what. Yeah. And he did actually then get up and go and play. So it was really nice to see that interaction between the two. But I think if there had been more children there, I really don't think he would have got up and done it. No. I think that's such a good example of when you've got too many children there, those children that aren't always as confident as the others don't feel confident to get up and do no. things. And that, that's another example of group times don't have to be sat down. Like yeah. digging could be a group activity. And I think yeah. maybe that's where group times are kind of misled because it doesn't have to be a group time. It's It should be seen as like a group activity or a yeah. group interaction because that's what a group time essentially yeah. is. Yeah, definitely. And I think if your children are more relaxed, you'll you'll be more relaxed with the smaller group oh, children as yeah. well. I know when I've got 12 two-year-olds around me and I'm thinking, this is a lot of two-year-olds. There's so many children. Um, but then when you split into your groups, we always split into groups and we have we have kind of a group of eight, another group of eight, and then maybe like a group of seven. And we'll even then split again. Yeah. So we'll all, obviously, because of the ratio, we'll always have two staff with each group. So we'll then split and each staff will have their own group for group time. Yeah. It just makes it so much easier. You're more relaxed. You get more out of the children and you can actually go a bit more in-depth into your group time as well and do different things with them because yeah. they're more likely to engage. Yeah, when you've got that one-on-one time or one-on-four time, it's a lot easier to engage than you've got one-on-twelve. And even though, obviously, one-to-twelve is not a ratio, but if you've got one person leading a group time of 12 and the other people are in the room, it's still not fair on that one practitioner who's trying to engage 12 children. If all 12 children join an activity that you're doing and engage with it if it's like um, an activity that you've planned and it's out and everyone just joins in with it that's different because at that point the other practitioners should engage yeah. with their group as well but it's finding that balance between too many and then the right groups like you said that was another thing I was thinking of was making sure you've got enough staff for your group time Yes, and making sure that for the children you've got you've got enough people there to support them so if you have got children with additional needs, make sure that there is someone to support them if they need it, um, not just kind of having one person doing the group time. And I know sometimes we get busy with setting up and get ready for meals and things like that, which, yeah, we, we do need to do. Of course. But let's prioritise the children first, make sure they're settled first and having a good experience. Yeah. You know, having a good social interaction opportunity before we then get carried away with doing the next thing exactly. that we need to do. There's nothing worse than doing a group time on your own and feeling like you're drowning in it because, yeah, it, it, yeah it's just, we've all been there, we've all done those big group times, yeah. but actually when you like to reflect on it, it probably wasn't the best yeah. thing for everybody involved. Yeah, I remember once we we have like an outdoor learning group and we go up to this like big polytunnel and it's all set up as like an outdoor classroom. And I was sat there doing a group time and these children were just not. And the other girl was setting up and I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do. And she literally came over, sat with me, we carried on and they all chilled. Yeah. And it's just having that one extra person there just to support. Yeah. Really helps. And actually when you've got more staff there, the children seem 
calmer and a bit more relaxed as well. I think you as an adult feel supported yeah. and more relaxed. Yeah, so exactly. actually you'll be like... Yeah, because I could feel I myself getting stressed and thinking, <laughs> I don't know how to engage these children right now. And then, yeah, my colleague came over and helped and supported. And then I was like, okay, I'm fine now. Yeah, good. <laughs> we can carry on. And That's then the good. children did the same. And yeah. we had a lovely group time. And actually they focused really well. So it just shows that actually when you've got those extra people there to support, it does really help. It's thinking about... It's, it's forward planning it, isn't it? Like when you are doing a group time and it's not going well, either if the two of you were already there doing it and it was just not, like, it's okay, let's write, okay, that area is set up, they can go and explore while we just finished doing this and then we yeah. can, yeah, it's there and ready yeah, and can just carry on. Yeah, definitely. I think also when you're doing a group time, my biggest pet hate is if I'm doing a group time with the group of children and they're all focused and then someone comes and tries to talk to me oh. about, X, Y, Z that's happening in the room somewhere else. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to sing a song. Like I'm, I might be halfway through a song. Yeah. And they come and try and talk to me and I'm like, mm, okay, this is fine. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's not helpful because it breaks that interaction with the children and the children lose their focus straight away. As soon as you take your attention off them, they lose theirs. But how can you expect them? If you're not paying them attention, how can you oh, yeah, they're them off. focus? Yeah, you know? they're, they're, they're gone. They want to do something else. And I think that's important as a, as a team as a whole, to see, okay, if a practitioner is doing a group time, can whatever you need to say to them, can it wait? Yeah. Can it just wait? Can you write down on a piece of paper and put it on the side? Yeah. Or can it just wait a couple of minutes until the group time's finished, then you can come back in the room and talk to them then? Yeah. You know, sometimes I know we get caught up, especially in kind of in the morning when there's more children coming in and we're trying to do handovers and things like that. I appreciate it is busy and you do want to make sure everyone knows what's going on for the day. But there is a time and a place. Yeah. So I think it's important to just be mindful of that as well. That's where your reflective practice comes in again, doesn't it? Because if if I walked in and you were doing a lovely group time and I started talking, I mean, we're all guilty of it. Like we've all done it. But yeah. actually when you step back afterwards, you think mm, probably shouldn't have yeah, interrupted that, that. Because the children then left and then like the educator had to... Tell the rate, like tell the children, like come on, we're, we're actually you've already done it. You've ended yeah. that group time the second yeah. that you, like you said, you took your attention away. Yeah. So we can't expect them to the, to carry on if we're not in the moment. Exactly. And sometimes, as the person doing that group time, it can be so frustrating. Yeah. When somebody yeah. tries to take your attention away, and without being rude and ignoring them or saying, <laughs> "Leave me alone," like I'm in the middle of something. It's having that balance and the respect for each other of like, okay, I know you're busy doing that. I do need you. I mean, if it's an emergency. Then obviously it's yeah. different. Please interrupt them. But, please interrupt. <laughs> but if it's not, and like you said, can it wait five minutes until this group time will be done? Yeah. Because the children can't focus for longer than exactly. three. It's so, <laughs> no, you can do that. And like I said, we're all guilty of it, but it's that reflection of, okay, did I need to ask? what was for lunch today right then yeah could it have could it have waited so yeah I think we all get caught up in oh I need to tell this person that I need to tell this person that and I've done it I've gone into a room and I'm like blah 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 and then I left and I'm like oh you're in the middle of a great time sorry okay. <laughs> I will come back <laughs> I'll just leave I'll shut the door again <laughs> um but yeah I think it's just been mindful of that when you see someone engaged in a group time I think it's important for adults to get fully engaged in a group time yeah you know 
it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're doing a story, a song, a game, getting up and dancing, you know, doing an actual group activity. It's important to be fully engaged with that so your children are as well. Yeah. So they're going to copy what you're doing. Exactly. If you're not fully engaged, yeah. they're not going to be either. And, you know, don't take that moment for granted because that's a really crucial social interaction, not just for the children, but for yourself too, you know, getting to know your children, having those moments with your children that, you know, this is why we are practitioners. This is what we this is what we enjoy. Yeah. So it's about making sure you are fully involved and enjoying the moment as well. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think um I have to say I love a group time. Yeah. Personally. Like I don't and I don't want this conversation to have come across that we're like, no, you can't do this, can't do that. But I genuinely do love a group time. Like you said, I think they have such good learning opportunities if they are planned well. Yeah. But also the ones that aren't planned that just yeah. naturally happen. But I think those social moments and those interactions, you you get to know these children, like you said, you get to actually understand what keeps them engaged and what they focus on and how you can further their learning in different ways. And I just love that time of reflection with a group of children. Yeah, definitely. One of my favourite things to do is, is ask children, what have you enjoyed doing today? Yeah. Like, what have you enjoyed? Because you get so much conversation from that and then you learn also what they've not enjoyed. Exactly. If all the children are talking about the same thing and no one's talking about the lovely activity that you spent half an hour setting up, <laughs> take the hint, they didn't enjoy it as much yeah. as those other things that probably didn't, that probably happened on a whim. I think you said that you were in the polytunnel with bugs. Yes. And the real ladybird came and joined. Yeah, yeah. That moment was everyone's highlight. Yeah. From when the children said about the ladybird, nobody had planned that. No. Nobody had planned that activity and to happen. We'd, we'd set a lovely like painting activity out as well and they had like drawing and role playing construction. No, they were obsessed with that bug tray. Yeah. And it was like, okay, if we have bugs out, that's it. That's that's all they need. Yeah. That's <laughs> was that that sparked their interest that day. And yeah. I think it's really nice that those unplanned moments can lead to a group discussion in a yeah. group time as well. And yeah. further. You yeah. could have you can like read a story about what was it what what the ladybird heard. Yeah. To link back to that ladybird. It just takes you on yeah. like a scaffold that we, you um, didn't... We actually created a song about the ladybird. No, it's about the ladybird spots. <laughs> and it was, it was about math, so we were counting spots. And uh, yeah, we created this little song about it. And kind of thought, oh, that was quite creative of me. Yeah, no, well, I've a song before, so uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> but it's those moments that lead you down an exciting group path yeah, and definitely. group time path, sorry, that I think... So I don't want people to think that we're anti-group times because I bloody they, love group times. They are definitely beneficial when they're done with good intent and a good purpose. Yes. And also when your children are leading it as well. Yeah. We've got one child in our setting that she quite likes to lead a group time all on her own. Of course have. She just, she asks everyone how they're feeling. She then goes around and says, what's the weather like today? <laughs> um, so it's actually allowing the children to do that because that's a massive confidence boost yeah. as well. And it actually, all the other children were giggling away. They thought it was hilarious. So, um, yeah, it was a good interaction for all of them. No, yeah, I, I love a group time. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think, I think that's, uh, that's our hot take on group times. Yeah. I think it's opening that conversation. What does everyone think of group times? Do you feel they're done productively in your setting? Do you do them? Do you not? Like, what's your, what's your views on them? And if you do have any opinions, definitely drop them in the comments because we love to hear what other people are doing and sharing within within the with our industry i think it's really interesting to hear what other settings do and yeah how their children respond to it and actually 
do they even do group times? Do they yeah. do they just do one a day? Do they just go with the flow? Yeah. You know, what how how do they do it? And because then that's really the way you learn. That's how you learn how to change your practice by seeing yeah. what other people do, hearing, you know, how the children have responded to it, can you try it in your setting sort of thing. So I think it's really good when different settings communicate and you know, social media is a great thing for that, you know, communicating about what you do in your setting and how it works because it just provides learning resources for other practitioners as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, if you don't already know, Lucy is actually one of our class teachers on the network. So she's got, I can't remember how many videos are on there of yours now. A few. I think there's four or five. Yeah, quite a few with some more coming up. So jump onto the network because Lucy's a wealth of knowledge and she is going to be with us in the start of March at the Childcare and Education Expo. So it won't just be me and Ben. You don't just have to come and talk to us. Lucy will be with us. Olivia will be with us. And Rachel will be with us as well. So there's loads of faces. So if you are at the expo, we'd love to love to chat and yeah. share those experiences as well. Yeah, it'd be good to see everyone and kind of yeah. see their take on things and how they're finding life in the early years industry at the moment. Yeah, Exactly. So if you are going to the expo, make sure you pop along and see us. And thank you so much for listening to another one of our episodes. We hope that you enjoyed this on uh, group times. Like I said, drop any comments below because we love to see what other people are doing and sharing like, fantastic things that are going on in the industry. But I think that's it from us. Have a fabulous week and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.